couple of texts over the last couple of weeks have been telling us, why don't you interview somebody that actually been through COVID? Someone that's actually suffered this dreadful disease. On the weekend, reading my Weekend Herald, as I always do, I read this article and I was really moved by the article and it wasn't till the last photo on the last page that it clicked who it was about. It was about a young man called Luke McLean McMahon whose grandfather is a very close personal friend of mine. In fact, I call him my second or third dad. I love him. He did all my building and work around for my businesses for many years. One period of time when he was doing some work on one of my places, he brought his young grandson with him, who you couldn't help but be impressed by. This was a young, strapping kid that had political mind of an 80-year-old, fought with his grandfather the whole time about politics, loved his grandfather dearly, and this story was about Luke. Luke, good morning. Good morning. Uh, kia ora, Nick. How are you? I'm really good, kia ora. Your story absolutely knocked me around. You came home last, nearly two years ago, 19 months ago, spent some time, you were living in England, came home, said goodbye to your grandparents, hopped on a plane, told them not to worry about COVID, it wasn't that major, it was just something that was going to happen and went back to England. And a few weeks later, you were in hospital nearly dying. Tell us the story, tell us how it happened. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, pretty embarrassed to admit, I, I underestimated COVID right from the get-go. And I was there with my nana and granddad in Puriroa you know, saying our goodbyes on the deck, and I remember saying to my nana, you know, don't worry about it, it's just a bit, you know, immediate beat up. Four weeks later, uh, what was it, Friday the 13th of March, um, I was half-sitting at the time, so for close friends, uh, and unfortunately, you know, started feeling the first symptoms that night, so sort of severe body ache um, was the first thing that I noticed, and I'm not somebody who really gets sick, uh, so it was quite, you know, quite obvious that it was major, but just sort of got through that weekend, you know, sort of didn't get out of bed for two or three days and then things got better. So it was quite a strange thing because things got better and worse, you know, a bit of a roller coaster, really. What were the first symptoms like? Yeah, so the, the body aches, which I described as severe, it was almost like someone was standing and bashing me, you know, all over the body. Um, and within the week, you know, other sort of symptoms had developed, so headaches uh, as well, sort of, you know, blue vision, that sort of thing. But Later on, you know, I didn't have what they would uh, classify as your typical COVID symptoms. So I got sick before uh, the first wave, you know, wasn't in the UK. We hadn't gone into lockdown yet. So I was sort of calling up the health services over the phone, um, you know, describing, you know, the eventual sore throat, the cough, you know, to the point where, you know, no voice and, and sort of couldn't speak and it was getting really difficult to breathe. Uh, so those were kind of the first, you know, four or five symptoms that I developed. Then it got worse. It did. Um, yeah, to the point where sort of lying on my back, you know, on the bathroom floor, uh, doodling how to, how to breathe, you know, various breathing exercises because it was becoming quite hard, quite constricted the lungs, uh, and also heart palpitations, so sort of, you know, heart racing and, and slowing right down and all sorts of sharp chest pain. So it was, but the intense fever was kind of the, you know, the, the last symptom, I think, where they finally realised that it was probably was COVID, uh, and an ambulance came. But I, I had to wait. You know, obviously, at this point, quite a few people who were pretty unwell here in London, and so it took about eight hours for the ambulance to come, and then straight to the hospital. Did you go into intensive care? So we went through a hospital really, that was 
uh, yeah, there are a lot of people there in hospital. Um, there weren't enough beds. Everybody so I was put in what you'd call like a holding ward, um, put on oxygen straight away. But you know, the waiting rooms, the corridors are all full. There weren't beds for everybody. Uh, so it was just kind of a make-do sort of situation. The ambulance drivers, I remember, were, were wearing rubber stands. They didn't have PPE, so they just wearing that rubbish bag. You know, it was that kind of reality. Um, I never went into intensive care on that first visit, no. But you did spend some time in intensive care? Uh, not what you'd call ICU in Zealand. I think the, uh, what was happening was the triage system. Um, they were sort of separating... I guess those that they classified as being, you know, um, really urgent, you know, possibly about to pass away. And then the rest of us, uh, who they saw as sort of young and, and healthy, you know, we were sort of kept out of those necessary beds. And so, you know, at that time they thought it was the elderly that were mostly getting hit by COVID. Uh, and I was discharged, you know, and I remember quite clearly the nurses and doctors saying to me that they, I'll be fine because I was young, you know, nothing to worry about, sort of thing, just go home keep these steroids going, they were just find information, get plenty of sunshine, and bed rest, and then you'll be okay. But a few days later, I was back in hospital. Yeah. Did you ever think about getting the vax before this happened? Well, of course, Matt, the vaccine wasn't... Oh, of uh, course. Really oh, of course, yeah. Sick, so yeah. it's a question that comes often. If yeah. the vaccine was available, then of course I would have got it before yeah. that. Oh, of course. I never even thought about this. Sorry, that's stupid of me. That's a silly question. <laughs> Yeah, so you went back into hospital. I know uh, that you are extremely close to your whanau. So how was that being in London with your mum and dad and Rarotonga and your grandparents and Potirua? How was that? Yeah, it was tough. You know, my mum, dad, my sister Kelly, my niece Maya. So they, they live in Rarotonga. Obviously, my grandparents, my nana and granddad, are there in Potirua alongside a you know very large extended family. And I think. You know, the most difficult part was, was for my parents not being able to be there with me. Um, by that point, the, the borders had closed. You know, the UK had locked down. Uh, you know, they couldn't leave Rarotonga. And then so nobody could get to me. Even if they could, you know, they wouldn't come to the hospital. You know, they tried anyway. So it was quite, a, you know, quite an intense and quick situation. We could, you know, FaceTime and all sorts of things when I couldn't really speak, you know on all sorts of tubes and things, you know, I'd look at messages from my niece and videos and photos. So my family very much kept me going through through that time. Luke, we've only got a couple of minutes, so I know that 19 months later, you still can't, I, I know you as a basketball player and as this mighty finely tuned athlete, uh, you still can't do what you used to be able to do. And what would you be telling people right now in your hometown of Porirua to get vaccinated? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, I, I think around 5,000 people here in Porirua, you know, when I talk about, you know, Māori and Pacific Islanders have been vaccinated already. The DHB has estimated there around 4,000 who are still to be vaccinated. You know, my, my main message would be, you know, I used to think that I was reasonably young, fit and healthy, and I'm, I'm none of these things anymore. So I can't do many of the things I love, like basketball, tennis. I can't run, so I can't do any cardio or hiking. Anymore, so it's changed my life. Um, you know, the only way that we can really protect you know, our families and our community is to, to get vaccinated. There are many people I know who are on the fence, you know, sort of still dithering and undecided. But 
I think now was the right time for people like me to sort of, you know, speak up and try and encourage those we know and, and complete strangers up and to go along and get vaccinated. Thanks, Luke. I've got to go to the news, but thanks very much for taking your time this morning to talk to us. Appreciate it. Go well, get healthy, get fit, uh, and keep in touch. That's uh, Luke McLean McMahon, uh, great young Potty Rua boy, head boy of Mana College.